0: story about devotees or disciples that would come to Ramana ashram when he was still in physical form. At first they were very focused on self-inquiry and then over time became entangled with the personalities of the ashram management, how the ashram was being managed, how they could do a better job. In other words, they forgot their original purpose for coming to the ashram in the first place. They became entangled with things that didn't matter. The stories of various devotees, how the ashram was run, and naturally they felt they could do a better job. But all of this was a distraction from the inquiry that sets you free from any circumstance, any perceived right or wrong, right? So basically he was saying there's one thing that you have in your control, and that is where you put your attention you do not have control over the Parabdha-karma of your body. So in one sense it was the Parabdha-karma of these individuals that got them entangled with the politics of different, and stories of different devotees, but also the politics and management of the ashram. So it was the parabdha karma of their physical form that got them engaged in that in the first place. So you have no control over that. But you do have free will. You do have the choice about where you're putting your attention. If you put your attention on the ephemeral, on that which changes, on the body, and believe that you are your physical form, The nature of the body itself is suffering. The nature of mind is suffering. So if you give your attention to those things, the ephemeral, that that changes, the management of the ashram, all the people in the ashram that Ramana was talking about are now dead. They're gone. They don't exist in physical form anymore. The people that were concerned about the ashram management, most of them are dead. Ramana himself left his body in 1950. But Ramana was not pointing to the body. He was, bo- he was pointing to the eternal presence free of the body. Right? Right? He's, he was pointing to the Dharma, right, the right action, the right focus of the mind, and your attention is on the source, on what is aware, what is present, what is eternal, not on the ephemeral, which is changing constantly. Ephemeral means impermanent, right? So the world is filled with distraction. There's distractions at work. There's distractions at home. There's distractions in relationship. There's distractions of childrens and the needs of children, your children, other people's children. The world is complicated. And if you focus on those things, naturally you will suffer. If you believe that you are a body, you will suffer. You will be at the effect of all the things the body is going through, all the things the body is feeling, thinking, imagining, remembering. So the great challenge is the Dharma of self-inquiry, and that is the Dharma of stopping. The Dharma to stop, this is... This is the essence of Ramana's teaching. It's stop following the movements of your mind to fix or change that promise the false hope that fixing or changing anything will create happiness will generate happiness. This idea that fixing or changing or getting involved with the ephemeral does nothing to free you from the mind and the movements of your mind. Only when you're willing to stop, this is the dharma of stop, when you're willing to stop following these, what can be very powerful movements of mind infused with your genetics, and turn your attention to what is aware of. What you're observing, what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, what is aware of what you're feeling. This is the essence of the teaching and the nature of self-inquiry. And it is a practice. Papaji said there is no practice to be what you are. That's absolute truth. But to burn through the deep feeling that you are the practicer, you are the doer, you are the one practicing self-inquiry, you are the one meditating, you are the one seeing the truth of who you are. It's this one, this feeling of me that's deeply ingrained with the body that must be seen through as the great illusion that separates you from the truth of who you are, which is the most sublime bliss happiness freedom and contentment and our natural tendency is to do the opposite and give our attention to our what's happening in our life what people are saying what people are doing what people other people are thinking what you're thinking judging judging yourself judging other people Judging your circumstances, wishing your circumstances would change so you could be happy, overlooks that your circumstances are perfect exactly as they are because they were predestined to be unfolding exactly as they are unfolding. And there is nothing that you can do to change that because it is the karmic destiny of the physical form to fulfill its purpose for incarnating. You can't know what that purpose is, but if you identify with the body, then you will be subject to the suffering nature of the physical body, the thoughts of the body, the feelings, emotions, etc. So the Dharma of stop is to look inward to return your attention to the source of all thought. Where do thoughts arise from within you? Where do they disappear? This is the inquiry. Who is this who within you that feels like me? What is this me? What is the substance of me? What is the substance of I? Or the substance of I am, right? This is the gateway. The root of every ego is the feeling that I am this body, right? This is egoic identification. So to see through this root, to burn through this deep feeling that you are the body, requires an intimate, silent examination of what is going on inside of you. What are you saying to yourself? What are you believing? What is distracting you? What are you giving your attention to? And instead, stop and examine more intimately, more closely, who are you really? What is deeper than your name? What is deeper than this feeling me? And you can treat me like it's um, a fishing line, a very thin line If you follow this line inward, where does it lead you? If you follow the me in this feeling of me inside of you, if you follow that, where do you land? And if you follow it all the way to the source, you find yourself in the most sublime peace. A peace that really surpasses all understanding. There's no way to describe this peace that you are the truth of who you are cannot be described It cannot be imagined it can't be generated it can't even be found it's who you are and it's difficult to perceive because of its intimacy not that it's far away from you that it's some goal to attain in the future but this Living freedom is who you are, deeper than your name, deeper than your form, is difficult to perceive. So simple, but difficult to perceive. So the Dharma of stopping to see what sees, what is looking through the lens of your eye, is the essence of Ramana's teaching and when you fully embrace this deeply intimately and consistently inquire to the source turn your attention to the source there is a natural sacred fire that it ignites that burns through this sense of me to the point where you can be in the constant awareness of yourself as pure awareness. The awareness that is unaffected by any circumstance, any feeling, idea, any thought. It's transcendent of mind. It's in the body, it's outside the body. And the way to freedom is in This is the end of the idea of you and the beginning of the discovery of the living truth of you. This is essential. So the right action, the right dharma is the dharma of stop. Stop believing your mind. Stop being distracted by the outer world, the outer circumstances. And wherever you are, no matter what the body is doing give your attention to the source this doesn't mean you'll be spaced out and blissed out That a bliss state will come and go this is the stateless state that you are that cannot possibly come and go it is always with you it is always present always alive eternal It was here before you were born, was here your entire life, will remain after your body dies. When the Parabdha Karma is finished for the body, the body dies. So you don't know how much time you have, and your time is the most precious entity that you own. You own your time and we give our time away thoughtlessly every day to things that don't matter to gossip to fear to doubt to sadness the emotions of the body and the truth is you don't know how long you have in a body and a human body is sacred Because through the consciousness of the human form, you have the ability to consciously recognize the truth of who you are, which is this bliss beyond all ideas of bliss, a happiness beyond all ideas of happiness. It cannot be described, but it can be directly recognized, directly discovered by turning your attention inward. So what is the purpose you came to Satsang? What is the purpose for Ramana materializing in your life? You actually generated the appearance of Ramana whether you're aware of it or not. You generated the appearance of a teacher in your life whether you are aware of it or not because deep down you are longing for freedom, longing for happiness. Maybe thinking or longing to fix your circumstances, thinking that would produce happiness. But it's the end of desire that produces happiness. It's this inward search for the source that produces a recognition of the happiness that was always there and in moments of laughter and joy were moments that your mind actually stopped. It was a moment free of desire a moment free of attachment and you fell into your natural state which is happiness and laughter is a natural outpouring of that natural joy within every human being. But the great challenge is to keep your attention on the source, regardless of what's going on. We come to satsang and we get distracted by other people, their life stories, their circumstances. We get entangled, not only in our circumstances, but in other people's circumstances. We start to judge the teacher, right? We start to pick the teacher apart, or how they're doing things, or get involved in what they're doing, what they're eating, to try and copy the guru, or get rid of the guru. The mind wants to get rid of the teacher because this can be a very uncomfortable inquiry. So the mind comes in to judge the teacher to give you the escape route. The escape back into the world, back into mundane life, back into ignorance, back into suffering, back into pain. And other people's thoughts can do the same thing. You come to satsang and meet someone who's not happy with the teacher, or feels like the teacher isn't enlightened or isn't able to support a deeper realization or eats meat or doesn't wear the right clothes. There was a person that even wanted to dress Ramana up in Western clothes so that people that came from the West wouldn't be intimidated by his nakedness. The fact that he was just wearing a loincloth. I mean this is ridiculous. Ramana was a saint and he lived in India where it was extremely hot. He had no attachment to clothes, no attachment to his body, no identification. He was a radiant presence. And that same radiance is alive within you. And that's what he was pointing to. And that's what every teacher is pointing to. And it does take a certain maturity to look within, to listen very closely to what the teacher is saying, to confront Yourself To confront the lies of the mind, the lies of the ego, the strategies you have to protect yourself, the strategies you have that are conscious and unconscious to get what you want, right? But the judgment of the teacher and basing judgment of the teacher on other people's experience not your own direct experience but what somebody is thinking about a teacher or sharing about their experience of other teachers right that's the other common thing that happens in Sangha I was with this guru and I I attained a state of bliss that lasted for several weeks and the tendency of mind is to make that mean something that the guru produced it but all that happened was that you fell into the truth of yourself and then as soon as you left the proximity of that guru you fell back into the trance of the mind and it is a trance we get entranced by our thoughts and our perspective and our feelings and our belief systems and when a true teacher comes along and confronts those beliefs it's very uncomfortable when a teacher confronts the egoic identification and cuts through it like a sharp knife it can be painful because we're actually attached to our body and we are attached to our suffering this the strangeness of the human condition is: we say we want freedom but the minute we are confronted with the lies and the strategies in our secret world that we think that nobody else experiences or knows anything about when the truth is it's the common experience to have a secret life inside that we hide and we protect we're actually addicted to our suffering because everyone on the planet is addicted to suffering it's more socially acceptable to be suffering than it is to be ecstatically happy to be ecstatically happy is to focus on the source to stop to look deeply within yourself Forget about what other people think. Forget about other people's experiences or even the teacher's experiences. There's been many books written about the experiences that people had around Ramana Maharshi. And these are beautiful stories about truth, about discovering the truth. And there's no problem with knowing the history of Ramana Maharshi and what happened and what unfolded around him. But it doesn't help burn through the egoic identification that is causing your suffering. The only thing that ignites this sacred fire is a deep look within your own heart to the source of the feeling of I am, the source of the feeling of me within you. That fire burns through it but there has to be attention given to the source, a return to the source through the practice of self-inquiry. The practice of self-inquiry leads to a deep realization that you never practiced that you were not the doer, but you were the pure presence of freedom the entire time. Regardless of what guru you were with or whatever you were reading, whatever you were fighting about, whatever you were strategy about, strategizing about, in the core is this presence, this life, the eternal life, the life of the life within you the presence before the breath giving your attention to that is the gateway of freedom and the practices that support this direct realization for yourself are meditation, silence which is essential for this intimate inquiry to be properly supported you have to be still you have to be quiet so meditation and silence is the essential teaching and support for this direct realization self-inquiry is essential pay attention become aware of what you're saying to yourself what you're believing on the inside what are you judging are you judging yourself what is the source of that judgment mind. Mind judges. Mind strategizes. Mind is fearful. Mind is angry. Egoic identification is all of those things. And in order to express anger, you have to be fully identified with the body and the identity. It's the only way anger can manifest if your attention is on the source on pure awareness regardless of where you are or what you're doing the experience is one of bliss love openness compassion there is no room for the negative emotions not because they've been suppressed or rejected which is an ignorant response to the arising of anger or fear or sadness is to indulge it to give your attention to those thoughts the thoughts that generate those feelings when there is no thought all that can exist is the purest happiness and through consistent use of self-inquiry there is a constant state of no mind and when you are fully realized There is no movement to fight or push against or get entangled with anything. You're unaffected by other people's stories, emotions, thoughts. Your own story, emotions and thoughts has no effect on you. You're in the constant awareness of yourself as pure awareness, which is the most sublime bliss, happiness and freedom. And your life totally changes the moment you surrender to this presence. When you let go of what you perceive to be problems in your life based on the past. When you let go of the mind's natural tendency to move to the past and project that onto the future. When you let go into the source, when you surrender to the source and you just allow the problems of your life, to be taken care of by that eternal, vast, indescribable presence of God. There's no problem. Problems vanish in that. This is the essence of Papaji's teaching, Wait and See, which sounds like common sense, right? Because we can't know what's going to happen in the future. We think we know. And we scare ourselves every day by what we think might happen if we do this or that. But when you stop that and give your attention to the source, surrender to the source, this is wait and see, then the source... And the parabdha karma of your physical form, your physical body, takes care of it. Because whatever is destined to happen will happen. You can't make a wrong decision because even the wrong decision was predestined. Worry goes out the window with this teaching. How can you worry when your attention is on this living moment of now within you, the source? free of time, free of any problem, free of the body. Then death means nothing. Death of the body is meaningless in the context of this eternity. This eternity never leaves. The body is born, comes into existence, has a life, and dies. And this has been happening for centuries. You've been on the karmic wheel for centuries, right? Suffering for centuries, millions of years, millions of incarnations. And through grace, you have maybe glimpses of those or memories of those lives. But the grace of God is to forget that and you start over and over and over again. And this is the karmic wheel of suffering birth and death, birth and death, birth suffering death, birth suffering death, until you stop. And that is in your control. You can stop. You can turn your attention to the source. Jesus said, if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other also be still don't fight back and this has been viewed as passive not fighting back as passive or weak but it's the ultimate strength it's the ultimate realization that you're not the body that the slap and the reaction to that slap is due to egoic identification if you're identified with the body and the mind and somebody comes and punches you in the face your natural reaction is to get up and punch them back or fight back or run away these are the instinctual movements of the mind based on the reptilian brain a very primitive aspect of the human Genetic structure is to run away, to fight, or to seduce for procreation. It's all genetically based. So when Jesus said that, be still, stop, don't fight back, turn the other cheek. What he's saying is that this stillness does not react, it's unaffected by the slap. And sometimes the slap is essential the slap the shock of life the disillusionment with life is what brought you to satsang what brought you to this podcast and listening to this podcast was a moment in time where you suddenly recognize that all of your strategies to get what you want and keep what you have have failed relationships have failed money didn't make you happy even the relationship even if it didn't fail ultimately does not produce the lasting happiness and freedom that you long for deep down so the dharma of stop is to stop believing what your mind is saying stop judging yourself stop judging other people stop getting entangled with the ephemeral that which changes and instead give your attention to the source allow the egoic identification to burn through and if a teacher confronts the lie within you the egoic identification and if you feel triggered by that this is the gateway in the trigger is the gateway in. If someone makes you angry, that is an opportunity to go in, not fight back. This is what Jesus is pointing to, what Ramana is pointing to, what the Buddha is pointing to, is becoming aware of the source of the mind, becoming aware of what is aware. And it's this awareness that is the grace the sacred fire that burns through the root cause of all suffering which is this me that you think you are and it reveals when it's burned and burned and burned and when you have direct taste of this freedom that I'm pointing to it's in that direct discovery for yourself that the teaching is no longer words or concept it's alive within you it's fresh and then that realization would no matter how profound your realization might be that must be released this is part of the dharma of stop don't follow the mind to the past even the good past the miraculous past right the moments of bliss the moments of seeking that you think produce the bliss the guru that you think produced the bliss let it go be present to this moment surrender to now become more and more aware of what is always aware always still unaffected so be careful here don't lie to yourself Don't get caught in the spiritual concepts of oneness and freedom and we are the bliss that always is and all of those things. The mind will grab a hold of even the most sublime spiritual truth and that sublime spiritual thought or truth or scripture becomes a barrier to your own direct realization. Eventually you have to throw out all books all scripture and simply stare at a tree and notice what is aware of the tree what is aware of the Maya of life the Samsara what is aware of suffering it is the awareness that sets you free not the teacher or the teaching because the ultimate truth is there is no teacher
1: there is no
0: student and there is no teaching Right? This is Papaji's beautiful expression of the absolute truth. There's only one guru and that guru lives within you. Give your attention to that. Worship that. Surrender to that living presence of the heart and that's what liberates you ultimately. But to realize this the dharma of stop has to become your life experience it can't be a one-time moment because the mind is tricky powerful will morph into anything even the most sublime truth and trick you so this vigilance of now The vigilance of pure awareness is essential, becoming more and more aware. If what you want is to jump off the karmic wheel of suffering, to end lifetimes of suffering, that is the purpose of this teaching. That is the purpose of meditation, self inquiry, and the mantra. So the three essential practices are silence, meditation, Self inquiry and the mantra. The sound of the mantra purifies the mind. It affects a different part of your brain. It is the essential missing piece that most Western teachers do not even discuss. Mainly because most Western teachers come through Papaji, and Papaji felt like the mantra was dualistic. And in a sense, that's true. If you think you have to sing the mantra to free yourself, it's a ridiculous thought because you're already free. This is what Papaji was pointing to. However, your mind is very strong. The genetics of your body are very strong. The limbic and reptilian brain are very, very strong. So the limbic system is the emotional center of the brain. It records all traumas you've experienced in life. And the reptilian brain is your, extinction, your instinctual movements to fight, to run, to seduce. So it's strong. So your desire for freedom has to be equally strong. The Dharma of stop is the strength to make the decision, the remembrance of what you really want. Do you want to become entangled in some gossip about what the teacher is doing or not doing? Or do you want to be free? Do you want to be entangled and and keep yourself entangled in the fear of what might happen in the future? Or do you want to be free? Do you want to stay entangled in your emotions that are constantly changing or do you want to be free? Do you want to give your attention to the constantly changing circumstances of the world or do you want to be free? This is your choice. It's your only choice. The body will do what it's meant to do and whatever you do to try and stop that will fail. the only route of liberation is stop discover who you are intimately directly for yourself consistently over time by utilizing the mantra to purify the mind by using self-inquiry to purify the mind By using meditation to purify the mind. This is Ramana's yoga. The yoga of Ramana Maharshi is love, bhakti, love of God, which is the love that you are in the heart. And jnana, knowledge. Love and knowledge. And it's love and knowledge that is the essence of wisdom. And the greatest wisdom is the heart, is the only reality. This awareness within you is the only reality. The silence that you are is the only reality. And you can discover this directly for yourself. And this is the gift and grace of Ramana Maharshi and his eternal teacher, Arunachala Shiva. The sacred mountain of southern India. You are the presence of silence that is unaffected by anything in your life, other people's lives, your children's lives or the experiences of the world. That is Maya, Samsara. To free yourself from Samsara samsara is to drown fully, completely Totally in the bliss of your heart. Thank you so much for listening. This is Koshi, and I'll be talking to you again soon.